All praise is due to Allah and may Allah's peace and blessings be on the last messenger of Allah. <clears throat> the role of youth in the Ummah is a critical role. As youth, you represent the future. What happens to you now, the decisions you make now, will determine the future for the ummah. So it is very important for you to be clear as to what role you should be playing. Right now, you are in a medical institution, preparing yourselves for the medical profession, which is a good thing. It's a service to the ummah. However, a generation ago, people did the same thing. Ten years ago, twenty years ago, somebody was standing on a stage like this and addressing you or those who came before you in the same way. But the ten years have passed, twenty years have passed, and is there any difference? The product that you will be from the university is no different from the product of 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And we see the state of the ummah as it is. Fragmented, attacking each other, unable to play the role of calling to good that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us when He described us as being the best of nations. Kuntum khaira ummatin When He gave us that status, He gave us it on the basis that we call to the good, we prohibit the evil, and we believe in Allah. So we have to ask ourselves, how are we calling to the good? Any different from the way the previous batch of students called to the good. Because if there is no difference, then there will be no change from the 
area of medicine, because that's where you're in. That's the field that you are based in. So everyone, every member of society has a role to play based on the area in which they're working, the knowledge which they have, the abilities which Allah has blessed them with. So, I would encourage you to think, as they say, outside of the box. Right now, you're in a box, which the previous batch was, and the previous batch before them were, and naturally the box produces the same results. You keep doing the same things, you'll get the same results. For you to expect different results while doing the same things, this is illogical. It can't happen. It won't happen. So, how could we think beyond the box? What I would suggest, as I've spoke, said, suggested to some of the organizers, that we should set higher goals beyond just simply graduating as doctors and going out and being doctors. There are already many in the medical um, universities, colleges across the country, and there are many who are already doing the same thing. How about trying to do something else? Something different. Something which can impact on Pakistan. On the Muslim world. Some of you might think, well, who are we? We're just regular students like everybody else. What could we do that would have that kind of impact on the whole of Pakistan and the world? Well, I always tell people, whenever I discuss this type of thinking, that if somebody were to have said to my parents, who were non-Muslims, in Jamaica, when I was born, that I would become a Muslim would study and become a Muslim scholar and would become a teacher of Muslims with a university with over 200,000 students across the world. They would have looked at that person and said, you're mad. It's not possible. He's not even a Muslim. But Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Allah can make the impossible possible. What we look at as being impossible right now, Allah can make it happen. 
It's really about us committing. It's about us committing to try to make a change. Leave the job of possible or impossible to Allah. If we make the effort, then Allah can make it happen. So this is why I propose to the organizers that we need to set a goal, a high status goal as students, which is beyond just graduating as a doctor, getting out and being a doctor. If I were to ask each and every one of you, why did you choose medicine? What do you think the answer is going to be? What do you think the answer is going to be? Yeah? Pardon? How to? Helping humanity. <laughs> That's nice. But I'm sure if you really ask the people, you know, that helping humanity, that will be 1%. The 99% are going to be, as one brother said, you know, the rupees. The money. Because medicine doctors make more money than other professions. That's why we're being doctors. So what is, does that mean? means that we are driven by material gain. We are in fact no different from students, non-Muslim students in America, Canada, France, no different. They have the same thinking. And because of that, because of that, we have characteristics which are hated in Islam. Characteristics which are hated in Islam but which are common to students all over the world. And the main characteristic for which students are known globally is cheating. It's cheating. Students motivated by Material, follow the principle, Machiavellian principle of by any means necessary. If this will get me the marks, which will get me the position, get me the job, I'm ready to do it. So if I were to ask you as students, how many of you can raise his or her hand and say, Wallahi, 
By Allah, I have never cheated on any test or examination since I've been in this university or in school. If you put your hand up for me now, can you do that? Wallahi, swearing by Allah. I see among the women, one, two, three, four, five, six hands. Among the men, one, two, three, four. That is the reality. Can we change society with that? This is the problem. We are a product of a system. A system which has been developed not by us. It has been developed in the West, in Western civilization. The medical training, the medical teaching system that we have here is a clone of what is in Cornell or wherever the great medical universities of the West. Where the educational system is, has been produced in a secular environment. And as such, all of the texts, all of the modes of teaching and everything have been honed. It has been, you know, uh, developed to promote this way of thinking. So how to change it? If you are not a part of the solution, then you are a part of the problem. How do we change from being a part of the problem to being a part of the solution? This is why I said we need to set goals beyond the box. What went before, went before. We are here now. What do we do with now? For one, I would like you, I would like you because can I ask, are there any non-Muslims here? Can you put your hand up? We don't have any non-Muslims. Everybody's Muslim here. So, it shouldn't be difficult for us to all raise our hands now and swear by Allah that from this day onwards, we will never cheat again. Are you ready? Can we see those hands? Huh? Can we repeat? Wallahi! Again, Wallahi! I will never cheat on any examination or test for the rest of my life. Okay. This is the point, a starting point. You know it's evil. 
Because the Prophet ﷺ said, "Man ghashana, minna." Whoever cheats us is not of us. Is not a true Muslim. You're fake. If cheating is your way, then you are a fake Muslim. You might have the name Fatima or Muhammad, but you're not a true Muslim. Because this is not the characteristic of a true Muslim. And you know Prophet Muhammad had said that there would be people who would do the deeds of the people of paradise. The things which will take people to paradise. Praying, fasting, hajj, all these things. They would do these deeds as it appears to people but they would be from the people of hell. This is in Sahih Muslim. That they would be from the people of hell. Meaning that, there will be a lot of people. The most common name in the world today is what? Muhammad. There will be a lot of people in hell with the name Muhammad. And a lot of people in hell with the name Fatima. This is reality. These names are not going to take us to paradise. It is living Islam that's going to do it. So, the goal. What can we set? How can we change this situation? How can we be a part of the solution? Set the goal to be more than just a regular doctor. Be a specialist. Beyond specialization. Till you become a teacher. As a teacher of medicine, you are now in a position to change things. As a regular doctor, you can only do what regular doctors do. At least if you don't cheat, that's good. That's a good thing. But a better thing is that you strive to be at the top of your profession. So that you can produce, let the goal be a college of medicine which is the Islamic college of medicine. What does not exist in Pakistan today? There is no Islamic college of medicine. Is there one that I don't know about? Tell me. There is no Islamic college of medicine. In that Islamic college of medicine, medicine would be taught with Islamic ethics. So that the generation who would be produced by that college would be one who can change the world. Change Pakistan and change the world. At least in that field. So this is what I invite you to set for yourselves. Beyond the box. Something which is a worthwhile achievement. That you leave this world and you leave behind you a legacy which people will look back a hundred years from now and say, you know, 
in 2015, this idea was born. And the college was produced. And believe me, if you are produced the Islamic College of Medicine in, in Pakistan, you will find people coming from all over the Muslim world who want to go into medicine. But there are all these other issues that are there. You would become, as they say, the Mecca for Islamic medicine. Changers of the world to come. So, as I said in the beginning, nothing is too great for Allah. I hope that this thought you would give time to, commitment to, and pray that Allah would make it manifest. Pakistan can do it. Saudi Arabia has the means. But without the will, the means don't produce anything. Inshallah, if you have the will, Allah will provide the means. So, that is the brief reminder that I wanted to share with you today. I'll give you a chance to ask some questions related to it, um, just to help the idea grow further. Inshallah. Okay, um, your, your question or comment is that medicine as it is today is as it would be in an Islamic uh, institution. If we had the Islamic College of Medicine, the same thing you are learning and the way it is being taught would be the same. What's the difference? Everybody agree with that? So in other words, there's no need for an Islamic College of Medicine. Well, let me say this, that the essence of Islamic teachings are moral. Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had said, I was only sent to perfect for you the highest of moral character traits. So what it is that Islam has to offer the world we don't have the technology, but we have the morality. If we know it and we teach it. So, if right now, the College of Medicine has produced you all who cannot raise your hands and say you never cheated, that we say the college has failed Islamically. That is a major failure. Major. It's not something small. 
I mean, because if you think about, okay, what you have to study, all the textbooks and, you know, anatomy and, you know, all these other immune systems and all this stuff that you have to study. You think that's so small. No, that is huge. That is huge. So just setting up the college in such a way that the Islamic ethics, Islamic moral principles are introduced so that the students graduate and they all can raise their hands and say, we have never cheated. I will say that is great success. Because such medical professionals are going to have a solid positive impact on the society. Because now when you call on those those professionals who have come out of that college with that kind of morals, you say, listen, we have a segment here in Islamabad of people who are so poor they cannot access medicine. We need volunteers to, to give community service to the community to help our brothers and sisters, they will be right up there. Right now, concern is money. You know, if I go and I take my time and go and do this, well, it's time, I don't get money. Time is money. Right? Isn't that what they say? Time is money. You know? so, hey, I'm giving all this time, I'm not getting any money back from it. What is the motivation? This is the point. It's huge. And I'm not going into even the, you know, the fine details. Of course, arguments about evolution, all this. That's that's a whole other area. I'm just dealing with ethical, Islamic, moral medicine. That alone makes a big change. How many cases in America you have every year of doctors, leading professionals, etc., arrested. For what? Sexual abuse. Abuse of women. Even though they made this moral code that the Hippocratic oath and all this other kind of stuff, they did it, but they still... Why? Because morals gone. Not there. So people... When they find themselves in positions of abuse, of or they think they can get away with it, they'll do it. Because there's no moral fiber there. So that's what we're talking about. Bringing that moral fiber back. So that every class which is taught, whether it is anatomy, or endocrine systems, or whatever you're teaching, a moral message is included. The professor who is teaching will work in the moral message in that field. As well as educate you to the great scholars, medical scholars of Islam who contributed to that field. Mostly, you know, if you mention great Western medical professionals, scholars, Inventors, etc. You know them by name. That's what's all in your books. But there are hundreds of other great scholars who are Muslims you have no idea about. 
who contributed to to medicine in ways that you are completely ignorant of. So this should be brought into the classroom. So that you have that connection. Islam, medicine. There is a connection. It's not a separate thing. Bringing in that moral medicine, uh, principle. And then, even in terms of areas of specialization. One of the medical principles that would be in the Islamic medical college is that any young man who says that he wants to become a specialist, he wants to specialize in gynecology, we tell him no. 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 Some people might say, well, why not? You know, medical doctors, you deal with everything. Why can't you have male medical gynecologists? Do I have to explain the details of this? I think we're clear on this, right? This one's very obvious. Right? Just as if a woman wanted to specialize in prostate cancer, we tell her, no, 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 no. Leave that one. Let the men do that one. Okay? So, did anybody ever tell you that? No. The door is wide open, you know. Knowledge. Get it, however. No problem. Learn it. Be whatever you want to be. If the money is in prostate cancer, go for it. But no. So, we in the medical, Islamic medical college will have another view. So when you think to graduate and set up clinics, etc., you know you need a team, male and female. Female to deal with the female things, male to deal with the male things. You know? That we don't just take one doctor who says he does everything. Okay, he has to learn in case of emergencies. Everybody will learn both sides in case of emergencies. But as a practice, you know, you focus on the males and you focus on the females. So this is all a part of Islamic medical college. So people come through the college with that way of thinking, that approach. Then coming out into society, they will make a change. So it is not the same. There will be common factors, which are the same. You know, the principles of embryonic development and, you know, these things are... There's not an Islamic version. (laughs) You know, that's the facts. The facts are the facts. But how we use those facts, how we approach the field of medicine will determine ultimately whether as professionals we will be able to make a difference or will we just be like the batches before. Question from the women's side, please. Go ahead. Three questions. The first question. Going to the West non-Muslim country to gain knowledge. Can we do that? 
Yes. Going as a female to these countries to gain knowledge, can we do that? Yes, if certain things are in place to protect the female, to ensure that she is safe. Co-education. If in the masjid we have co-education, in the time of Prophet Muhammad in the masjid, the men sat in the front and the women sat in the back. And they were taught. Whether in the khutbah or general. So, technically speaking, this is not un-Islamic. If there is a separation, then it is possible. But the issue is now where it becomes a free-for-all. Where everybody sits anyhow, anywhere, whatever, then it is not productive and it is not Islamic. That's the point. So the issue of co-education, we have to be careful. Because sometimes we recognize Islamically co-education is harmful. But it's when it's done in a harmful way. But co-education just as a principle that men and women are taught at the same time, by the same instructor, this is part of Islam. It's not otherwise. Huh? The wives of the Prophet ﷺ taught males and females, uh, the deen, the hadith, etc., Aisha radiallahu anha was the fourth most prolific narrator of hadiths. I mean, a huge portion of the deen, the sharia, she taught. So, we try to find that balance. That's how our way is, the balanced way. وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا In that way, Allah made us the balanced nation. Not going to one extreme, nor going to another extreme. Okay? Male side? Go ahead. Okay, question. Should the Islamic Medical College be produced by evolution or revolution? Whatever way, brother. You know, if you get there, inshallah, Halal revolution or halal evolution, it's all good. We're not going to set the limits of, you know, what it's going to take. Right now we need to commit. Make it a goal and work towards it. The circumstances that we will be faced as we strive to do it will determine whether it needs a revolution or evolution. No doubt it will evolve. But at certain points you may have to revolt within the confines of Islamic parameters. From this women's side? The what? The perspective of Aslavs, 
Oh. The Salaf. Um, concerning immigration, seeking um, foreign nationalities, fundamentally, it is permissible. Fundamentally, it is permissible. However, the issue of deception is what raises questions about the process. But the general concept of living in another country, you know, becoming a citizen of that other country is as a basic principle halal. But we have to ask ourselves, you know, what is our intention? Now, if you are from a segment of society or a country where you're fleeing, you're fleeing and you lose nationality, you have to find some other place to live, and that is what has become available, then we will say that that person is excused. This is necessity. But where it is just a question of prestige, you're carrying an American passport, doors open that don't open otherwise, you know, or it's just prestigious, then we'll say that's not sufficient to justify doing that. It's possible to live there, gain the knowledge, do the dawah, all of these other things without necessarily becoming a citizen. Since you know that it involves this element which is against Islamic teachings. So, you stay within the bounds which have been set. This is the reminder that it's time for namaz, salah. Um, take the last question then from the women's side. Go ahead. Oh, little person. What is your question? Oh, you're just straight... Oh. That's you, 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 you. Well, you just put your hand up, but I guess you were shooing away flies or... Uh, anybody else? From the women's side? No? Last question from the men. Go ahead. Okay. I don't know, I think you weren't here when we raised the hands about who cheated. Huh? No, you didn't raise your hand, but you were here when we had this raising of hands, right? No, no. Uh, no, a brother's question is, or his comment is that um, the doctors should be the most perfect Muslims because they have seen the wonders of Allah in the human body as they study it, etc., etc., so in that case, they should be the best of Muslims. So why do we even need an Islamic medical college? But the reason why, as we said, is that simply knowing about the body does not make you the best of Muslims. What makes you the best of Muslims is knowing Allah. It's knowing Allah. And understanding the message which Allah 
has sent through Prophet Muhammad ﷺ and applying that message in your life. This is what makes you the best of Muslims. You know who Allah is. You understand the deen of Allah. And you follow the way of Rasulullah ﷺ. We know that's fact. Why? Because those are the three questions that Allah has the angels ask you in the grave. Who is your Lord? What was your religion? Who was your messenger? So obviously that's related to this life. That is the best Muslim. Whether you are doctor, lawyer, engineer, fireman. That's what makes you the best of Muslims. So the medical college was necessary, as we said, because the current state of medical training and teaching is based on non-Muslim systems, which is, for the most part, without ethics, without morality. They've removed morality from education. This is secularism. This is the secular society's product. Seeking knowledge and obligation made easy. Thought about studying for a long time? Tuition fees keeping you from actually starting? Islamic Online University has led a revolution in online learning. The world's first tuition-free degree. BA in Islamic Studies. Access the knowledge. Any place, anytime, anywhere. It just doesn't get any easier than that. Classes, texts, assignments, completely online. Set your own schedule for the semester. No overseas travel required for the exams. Subjects taught by qualified English-speaking scholars. Weekly live sessions in virtual classrooms with curricula based on those in El Medina University in Saudi Arabia, El Azhar University in Cairo, and other reputable institutions around the world. Why wait any longer? You pay just a symbolic registration fee and are ready to begin the adventure of higher education. The most diverse student body of any university in the world 130,000 plus registered students from 217 countries. Log in to the website for more details. www.islamiconlineuniversity.com